The Way, 101.1. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Record numbers of murders hit an all-time high in 12 major U.S. cities. Russia's number of troops hits an all-time high on the Ukrainian border. And the push to control the masses hits a new prophetic low. We'll see what these stories plus much more have to do with Bible prophecy as we review the signs of the times. Our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, December 10th, 2021. Thanks for joining us on episode 194. I'm your host, Greg Hilt. And whether you're listening live or later on our audio or video podcast, we appreciate you taking the time to join us over the next hour. And if you're new to the program, you can learn more about us when you visit thewaymedia.net. Just click on Signs of the Times, which, by the way, is the only place, whether you have the app or go to the website is the only place that you can read the articles that we discuss and we encourage you to do that as well just so you can see we're not making this stuff up this stuff is really happening today and god's word tells us why and here to help us make sense of what we're seeing in the news is pastor mark kirk who once said in his early days as a pastor counseling if you love someone let them go but if they come back with coffee it was meant to be (laughs) see there you have a good memory it was good memory. <laughs> I took that advice. I yes, guess. yes. Anyway. So where's the coffee? I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and some might say chocolate. Uh, there you go. Is, there you go. I love is, it. I as love well. it. Anyway, we appreciate you guys joining us. And uh, we've got a lot of good things uh, to talk to uh, talk about prophetically. Not yeah. good in the sense that it's good that it's happening, but it's good that God's Word has told us that these things were going to happen, so we shouldn't be surprised. So we'll get started. You've got me. This is our Truth in 10 segment. This is where Pastor Mark answers your prophecy questions or Bible questions in 10 minutes or less. And Pastor Mark, today we've got a general Bible question, which is always wonderful. And uh, she's uh, she's asked to remain anonymous, <laughs> but right. we know who she is. And she's she's a, a sweet sister in the Lord, uh, listens to us in Maryville. And she says, this is not a prophecy question, but a question in tune for the season. She says, this is my first Christmas as a Christian, and I now understand the true essence of of Christmas. My question is, we teach our kids to tell the truth according to the ninth, Ninth Commandment. Then why has it been a Christmas tradition slash practice for parents, whether they're believers or non believers, to make believe to their kids that Santa Claus will give them what they want for Christmas? With this false belief, Santa Claus becomes an idol and the first thing in mind for kids during Christmas. Thank you and Merry Christmas. May the divine presence of Jesus Christ be with you throughout this holy season. And with you as well, yes, anonymous yes. lady. Yes, yes, yes. A great question. Great and, question. And I'm you know, glad we can answer this yeah. and talk a little bit about it because this is something that comes up probably for all believers at some time in yeah. their life. And uh, first of all, let me say the ninth uh, commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness or thou shalt not lie. That's what she was referring to. And so how does that work when it comes to Santa Claus, you know, um, and this kind of thing? Well, let me back up and just say there, first of all, is a tradition uh, with a St. Nicholas who is known to be very giving and give gifts. And that's kind of the roots of what goes back to where it came from. And um, and also it was used, of course, by parents and still used today by parents um, to, you know, get their kids excited and to let them have a little magic and wonder when they're younger. So the question is, is it right or is it wrong? So I want to kind of answer it in, in kind of a multi-pronged approach. Number one, uh, let me say this, and I'll give the good part and then the part that's more, um, I guess, uh, encouraging or instructional for you parents to think about. You know, you, you can't take the ninth commandment, thou shalt not lie, um, 
absolutely across the board, literal in every situation, or you couldn't have a surprise birthday party. For example, if you're having a surprise birthday party for a family member and they say, hey, are we having a party tonight? You're like, no, no, we're not, whatever. Well, you're technically, you're breaking uh, the ninth commandment, thou shalt not lie. But it's done in, a, in the sense that it's more of a fun-loving, hiding it so you can reveal the truth in just a moment type thing. So I think there has to be some leeway there. Obviously, lying is always wrong. Don't, don't misunderstand me as I say this. We're not to lie. But I think it's the spirit behind it can make a difference and so in those type of situations there are those times where it's something that can be fun or whatever and i understand that but i also have shared the same concern over the years uh, about this that i will you know put out there to every parent to think about and to think about maybe make a decision to pray about as a family and and that is i do have some uh, legitimate concerns about uh, pushing the whole uh, mindset of santa showing up and leaving gifts and all that kind of thing uh, not that it's not um uh, fun to give your kids something to look forward to and to have a good time and to play and all that and every parent has to make that decision uh with the definition i gave or laying that ground that foundation there at the beginning but there is a consideration I would encourage parents to think about when they do uh, come up and speak of the um, subject of Santa Claus or dealing with the subject of Santa Claus. And that is, you have to remember, there's two things that are going to happen. At some point, your child's going to figure it out. And uh, at that point, they're going to say, wow, mom and dad, you, you weren't truthful with me. They might not say that, but they're going to know that in their heart. Now, how will they deal with that? Is that a big impact? Is it not a big impact? Um, I know looking back on my life, it didn't really make a huge impact. I didn't go around thinking, well, mom and dad lied to me and I'll never trust them again. But that is a consideration, number one. And the second consideration I think that we have to think about as parents is that if we do promote the idea of a Santa Claus, um, then you also have to say, well, when they find out that Santa's not you know, real and you've been doing this thing for all this time, is there anything else that's not real? Mm. Um, you know, um, are, are, are there some other things that I should question that you've taught Tooth Fairy, um, Easter Bunny. Well, yeah, you get into all that. And and again, some people see these things as harmless, um, fun for kids, even as not telling the truth, maybe of a surprise birthday party type idea. There are others that take it way more seriously and say, you know, um, if you are not truthful with them, they're going to not trust you. They're going to say they lied to me. And also, um, you and I actually know of a person that was very upset when they found out it wasn't true because they made a big stand with all their friends and they were mm. very embarrassed when they found out. And, and, and for some people, I've heard that there can be questions about, well, if Santa's not real, is Jesus not real either? What, what's real, what's not real? Now, obviously, when our kids get older, they're going to figure that out. So I would just say this. I would say, um, I know for us, we never did that as a family. We kind of stayed away from it. At the same time, I don't want to condemn anyone out there that has done that. I think you need to pray and take it to the Lord and take all these considerations. You know, uh, the truthfulness aspect, how, will that affect your kids? Uh, will they question whether other things are true or false? Um, and then, you know, or, or is it something you see as a more lighthearted thing? You know, again, I can't say for you on that. I know for us, we decided to stay away from it. We wanted to always be sure that we were just being very truthful and straightforward with our kids about everything. We wanted them to know they could trust us in every area from beginning to end. And so, um, if I was making a recommendation, I would recommend that, you know, that straightforward honesty with your kids. However, I'm not really um, at a place where I would just condemn someone that didn't do that. So I think there needs to be a seeking of the Lord together as a as a married couple and, and as a family. And also, for um, again, for uh, the lady that turned this question in, I would say, yes, obviously, we don't want to be promoting things that aren't true. We don't want to be lying. But again, also to find that proper balance of uh, when is something that maybe when you don't give all the truth, it's not necessarily sin against God, like the surprise birthday party. And we're not going to tell Joe that we're all about to jump around the corner and say surprise, because uh, technically that is a lie. And so we have to also find balance and really what's the spirit? What are we doing? Are we really lying or is there some kind of a, a delayed, fun, loving delay thing on there? I don't like I said for us, we came to the place. We said, we're just going to stay away from that subject and just tell the kids. Uh, you know, here's what it is. We're the one getting you the gifts. And yes, Santa Claus is who he was, that people yeah. talk about him and, and this make-believe character. But um, that would be the uh, hopefully a balanced answer to that, if, if that's helpful. Yeah. You know, and that's a, a good example, I think, too, Pastor Mark, of uh, a lot of the Old Testament commandments that God gave the Jews in terms of not um, marrying into other cultures that right. worshipped other gods and things that was going to take their eyes off of yeah. the one true living god yeah. and and not that santa is in any way we're equating that to that but the issue is is that this is a cultural tradition yeah that's been adopted and passed down 
through the generations and you can see how permeated it becomes into a society right. and now you come to these crossroads of dilemma yeah. between you know what god's word says and what the world says and and how do i reconcile all of that right. in my life and that just goes to show you that's why these things are hard that's why the best that we can do is keep ourselves as separate as we can so we don't have these issues yeah and i would say to sum it up you know for me yeah. my my approach to that is you know let's let's keep everything as straightforward as we yes. can there there's no reason to bring questions into things that don't need to be there. Um, while while not condemning parents that have done that or do that, at the same time, my encouragement would be uh, just be straight up, just be truthful, but just be straightforward, and that way you never run into any possibility or any issues of your kids ever thinking you weren't truthful with them or um, causing them maybe to question other truths that are going to be very important, such as your beliefs and things to do with God um, in later life. So yeah. that would be the counsel I would give on yeah. that. Good. All right, Pastor Mark, um, we've had uh, a lot of people contact us. This is kind of a this just in yeah. uh, type of thing. And this really isn't a question, but it's really just to get your comments on it. And that is the new statue of the lion with the wings, as it apparently it's described in Daniel chapter 7, verse 4, yeah. that has now been erected in front of the headquarters of the United Nations right. in New York. Uh, speak to that prophetically. Yes. Talk about this. Yeah, we need to address it because yeah. I know there's a lot of questions out there. I don't want to overdo it and I don't want to underdo it. So to underdo it would to be to ignore it and to pretend it's not there. Um, I do believe there is some very significant symbolism. As we talk about in the last days, the Antichrist and the world ruler is, gonna, is referred to as a beast. And now we see, uh, you know, we, first of all, we see the woman riding the beast uh, there in Revelation. And, and now in front of, um, they're in Brussels, in front of the uh, European Union Parliament uh, building. They have a woman riding a beast. I think that's very, very symbolic and significant. It's amazing to me the world doesn't recognize that, but they don't know the scripture, so they don't. And now we have this beast that has been put in front of the UN. And, and actually, it's, it's a leopard. It's not a lion. It's a leopard that has wings. And, uh, and so it doesn't exactly line up with Daniel, nor does it exactly line up with Revelation. So that's why I said I don't want to overdo it. I don't want to underdo it by ignoring it, but to overdo it would say this is truly a symbol of, you know, Daniel's vision, truly a symbol of Revelation, because it's not. It doesn't really match it exactly. However, there is no doubt you've got a beast, a winged beast in front of the UN when we know the Antichrist is pictured as a beast in Scripture and even a winged beast in other portions of Scripture, a dragon, etc. There's no doubt this is, I believe, demonic. There's no doubt that it probably is prophetic to some degree, but it's not the, the creature you see in Daniel. It's not the creature you see in Revelation. It's kind of a, a hybrid of something they've created or whatever. But it's interesting, Greg, and I will make note of this. It is the, um, the, the, uh, and I, I don't know if they call it, they don't really call it a god. It, it represents, uh, peace and security. Or we would say peace and safety. Same thing. That's what it represents. It's, for, it's a Mexican symbol. Uh, of a god, and I'm sure that's what it must be, a god out of Mexico. You know, they didn't mention in the articles I read about it being a god. It was I forget what the wording they used was. Um, but either way, it's interesting because we know again, in the last days when the Antichrist comes into power, the world is going to be saying, it's either when he comes into power or right before he comes into power, the world's going to be saying, finally, peace and security, peace and safety. And they're all going to be rejoicing, thinking that somehow the world is now going to be going this great way that everybody wants it to go. And then it's interesting, it says, and yet at that time, sudden destruction, the Bible says, will come upon the world. Is so, that referring to God's judgments? Yeah, this is referring to the Great Tribulation. tribulation yeah, well, yeah. yeah, they're going to be, sudden destruction is going to come because all the judgments of God. Yeah. So it is interesting that they put up a beast in front of uh, the nations of the world that represents peace and safety when the Bible says they'll be saying that in the last days, and a beast will be ruling from Europe, and there's going to be judgment of God and sudden destruction coming after that. So... Um, I would say this, it is definitely, I think, symbolic, it is definitely spiritual, it is definitely demonic, and we need to note it, and so now it's noted, but it is not the exact beast of Revelation, or the exact beast of Daniel, um, it's a part of of those beasts, so it is very, very intriguing, I think very, very symbolic, and, and needs to be noted, uh, but I wouldn't go too far, again, it's just a statue, and the true beast uh, is going to be the Antichrist himself. So that would be, um, I would say, you know, keep an eye on, on, I believe it really, Greg, it's an introduction. Uh, you know, it's interesting. We think about when Jesus came, there was a forerunner. And we're seeing kind of the signs, really, as forerunners of the Antichrist. And this is almost like the voice of one heard at the UN, prepare the way. 
Um, it's almost like a, 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 a foreshadowing of, of the beast that's coming on the scene. So almost a John the Baptist type beast in a spiritual yeah. demonic way. And we'll see if there's a real person that fills that role. But certainly the signs are filling those roles. Yeah. The spirit of Antichrist is alive and well, so to speak. Absolutely. And absolutely. Work. Okay, Pastor Mark, finally, we've got a reset. Um, we received a clarification, uh, clarification question. Yes. Uh, from uh, one of our uh, listeners in Illinois, Maggie. Yes. Uh, going back to episode 192. Yes. Wanted to get the spelling correct and the name correct of the immunologist yes. that you referenced. And I know that you've got more that you want to discuss about that as well. Yes. Yeah. Let me first of all say who it is. I actually said his name improperly last time. I think I said Dr. Vandergeert. Uh, is the way because I again I was going from memory and but it's actually here's his name it's Dr. Geert Vander Bosch Geert Vander Bosch Geert G E E R T Vanden V A N D E N not Vander Vanden uh, Bosch B O S S C H E he is a BH uh, BHD he is a PhD in virology um, he have worked has worked in the vaccination uh, world and field. Uh, he actually worked with the Bill Gates Foundation for a while in their vaccination program that they have worldwide. So he is a a, a, a well-known um, a virologist and sought-after uh, doctor. He actually does a lot of um, online instruction to other doctors. You can see his seminars. If you go out there, I call them seminars. I say question and answer might be the way to say it. Um, but he has done some very, very intriguing, I would call it Virology 101 lessons, uh, talking about the the shot and um, this uh, the viruses and all very very informational and I would encourage all those listening to go and listen to some of the videos by uh, Dr. Geert Vandenbosch. Um, it's interesting, you know. There's a lot of people out there, Greg, online that have been talking for a long time about you know the vaccines or the shots or whatever, and they're actually a shot. They're not. They don't really fit the definition of a vaccine because they don't have any real the of the actual virus in them. They're created. Um, which now I understand they've changed the definition uh, since people were pointing that out. They now have gone and literally changed just this last year the definition of to uh, mRNA. Or well, to M- vaccine. Now, it doesn't have to be part of the actual virus. They changed it because people were saying, hey, this isn't a vaccine, because that's true. It's not a vaccine. It's yeah. a shot that's created in a lab. Anyway, with that said, he's been warning now for a year and a half, more than a year and a half, saying his concern is this. And so I listen to you listen to a lot of people. I've been doing a lot of homework and research about viruses and and all these kind of things because I want to self-educate. You know, I'm no doctor. I'm a pastor and I don't speak as a doctor, nor do I claim to have medical information. And you need to listen to a doctor when it comes to medical things, not me. So I want to make that clear. And I'm not a virologist or whatever. But at the same time, there's a lot of information you can self-educate on today that's very reliable from very reliable medical sources that are out there. And I've been spending quite a bit of time doing that because I personally want to understand this better. Well, he got my attention, Greg, because this is a guy that's a well-respected uh, virologist, Ph.D. He's made it one of his life you know, focuses to study this. And he started saying a year and a half or more ago, um, he said, my concern about doing vast max vaccination. He's not he's not anti-vax. He says, I believe in vaccinations. Yeah, he's not a Christian. Um, so he didn't come from a Christian viewpoint. He's also not political. He never mentions anything. That's not even a part of all the seminars or, 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 or sessions I've seen him do. That's not anything he brings up. He is strictly, look, let's look at viruses. How do they work? And he's kind of, uh, dumbfounded is the way that this virus has been dealt with because he said, we're not dealing with it properly. He said, when you have a, a pandemic, what you want to do is you don't want to mass vaccinate everyone at the same time. He believes that maybe if you vaccinated in sections, you know, a state here, a state there, a country here, a country there. He said that would be more effective. He said the problem with mass, mass vaccinations is that what happens is everybody gets immunized for that one strain that's going through that's causing the problem. And while that's good initially, what a virus does is a virus, if it can survive, it starts mutating into a different form because it doesn't want to die. So it, it mutates away from COVID-19, for example, and mutates into Delta or mutates into Omicron or mutates into whatever it's going to mutate into. And so if you, if you mass immunize, it weakens temporarily the immune system against variants. So you stop the main strain, for example, COVID-19, but your, your defenses against the variants are now weakened and lessened, which means 
when the variant comes along, because there's a mass vaccination, that forces variants. It forces it forces the virus outside of the box to find other ways to survive, and it creates variants. Um, he's even saying the Omicron is a direct creation of the mass vaccinations. And so um, and what happens is it, the other strains come out, and then the other strains start attacking the population. And because you don't have a shot for that strain, and because you don't, uh, you've weakened your immunity in the variants to that strain because it's been mass vaccination, now you get sicker from the variants. And he said his concern, again, this is a year and a half to more ago, he said, my concern is that a year and a half from now, he said, for example, the deaths we're seeing right now in 2020, he said, my concern is we're going to see much greater deaths in 2021. Well, guess what we're seeing? Much greater deaths in 2021. And he said, if we don't stop the mass vaccinations, we will see greater deaths in 2022. He said, because what's happening is these things are mutating and we're making the immune system weaker for the, for the variants. So more people are going to get sick and more people are going to die. So I've been listening to this guy and watching him saying, okay, if that's true, this will come to pass. Well, Greg, it's coming to pass. We have more deaths now in 2021 than we did in 2020. And while people want to blame the president and politics, this isn't about politics. This is about virology 101. And the problem is, he said, if we don't stop the vaccinations, he's, he's making an appeal right now to the CDC and others saying, you've got to stop this right now. Do not give boosters. Do not give more. Stop right now because you're going to continue to create variants. The bodies will not be able to fight the variants as well, and you're going to see more and more death and greater destruction. He, he's, he's sounding the clarion call, and the thing is, what he's saying, Greg, has come to pass. Right now in Michigan, one of the most highly vaccinated states in America, or cities in America, states at rather, they're having mass death. The mass, I mean, it's it's a horrible situation. Much larger numbers are dying, and and you're seeing. We we talked about last week, the states that have the highest, the areas that have the highest vaccination rates are now getting the highest death rates. Yes, yeah. it's exactly what he said would happen if we continue doing mass vaccinations. He said you've got to stop and allow natural immunity in the healthy community to fight this. At this point, Pastor Mark, if you can interject what you learned and you shared with me the other day regarding proteins yeah. and how the proteins work in in a virus and in a vaccine versus a, a vaccine that's made by using the actual virus yes. versus this quote-unquote vaccine or shot yes. that's used with a messenger RNA yes. derivative chemical. Well, again, without getting into yes. all the minutiae right now of DNA, yes. here's the bottom line. What's happening is, is the vaccine does not stop you from getting uh, you the talked shot. about it being shocked. Yeah, the, shot, then, yeah. the shot doesn't stop you from getting COVID virus, and it also doesn't keep you from passing it on. We now know that. Um, but what it does is it just lessens the consequences, which means... In some ways, it can temporarily stop, maybe even save someone if, you know, from, from, from having um, a pneumonia or going to the hospital. So there are benefits initially from that. The downside that, that Dr. Bosch says about this is that it doesn't allow your body, because the protein is a created protein by the shot, it doesn't allow your body to create the T cells and the natural immunity that getting a little bit of the real COVID-19 would do. That's why now what we're finding is people that have caught COVID-19 natural, they have much higher antibodies and much higher immune system against uh, the variants and even COVID-19 and everything than someone that's had the shot. Why? Because the body's immunity is much stronger than a, than a factory-produced shot, if you will. So what you're seeing is the people that have natural immunity are having much greater uh, success in defeating the variants and, and, and defeating this virus. That's why he's saying, look, let the ch- don't don't give shots to the kids. Let them catch it because it's not hurting them. Uh, let those who are in the healthy age range catch it because it's not hurting them. The ones that we need to say who needs shots, maybe the elderly, maybe those with the higher comorbidities where they're more you know prone to get sick. He said that's fine, but he said let the general population and especially the children get it because they will build the T cells up and the next generation will be immune and the immunity the the, the herd immunity can take place. His, what he's saying is we're not allowing herd immunity because these shots that give the, that make the protein coming from what you give you know from the COVID nineteen yeah it's not building the T cells it's giving temporary proteins that's stopping the major sickness but nobody's getting immune to COVID now explain the protein issue that you explained to me okay. the other day yes. in that the How protein that's created from the naturally derived vaccine yes. is very short lived but the proteins that are created from this m- mRNA vaccine yeah. stay in your body for 
what, 12 15, to 15, 15 months? 15 months is what they believe. And yeah. explain why All that's right. an issue. Okay, here, here's what happens. With the, with the traditional vaccines, until they changed the definition, once these new shots came out, with traditional vaccine definition, you get a little bit of the real virus or whatever it is. They inject that in you, whether it's you know, smallpox or you get a little bit of yes. it, you know, the dead polio, whatever. What it does is, uh, Dr. Uh, Bosch says, it shocks your system and your immune system immediately goes, whoa, what is that that just entered my body? Who are you? You're not supposed to be here. And the immune system kicks in, um, builds T cells and all these immunities against it. And so what happens is, is that now when the real thing comes along, all those T cells, you've built a little army of, of, of immunization army in there that if the real disease comes in, it just attacks it and kills it and it's, it's done. But it's a one time boom. There it is. Your body produces it and you're done. The issue that he has that he's concerned about is when they give these, um, the, the mRNA shots, it creates a protein just like, you know, what happened when your body, but it doesn't just create and shock your body and go away. It stays in your body reproducing these proteins. They think up to as much as 15 months. It and doesn't they give your t- body time to rest and, and recuperate. They, yes, and they don't really know what that's doing to the body, number one. But number two, again, you're not allowing the body to build natural immunity. And his whole argument is this. If we don't stop the shots, we're not going to build a worldwide herd immunity. So let the healthy people and let the children who it's not affecting, let them catch it, let them get healthy. And he said, you know, he said, and, and, and then once you catch it, he said, the best thing you can do is, is take off the mask and live among people. Because he said, the way it works is almost like software. You, once you have the initial T cells built up against COVID, then all the variants are just like software downloads. You're getting, now you got, boom, you get a little bit of Delta, a little bit of Omicron, whatever, and you get the download, and, and your body's continually building T cells and variants, and you don't get super sick from Delta or Omicron or whatever because you already have the base T cells fighting the COVID virus. And he said, so the, the healthiest thing we can do, he's saying, as a world, this is not me, again, Dr. Bosch, not me, saying the most healthy thing we can do is is stop with the mass vaccines, let the healthy people get it, let it build herd immunity, and then live normal life so you can download all the new variants, build up all the T-cells for them, and eventually this thing will be done. He said, but if you continue to give shot after shot after shot for every strain and every variant, there's not going to be any immunities built up. And he said his concern is you're going to see greater and greater consequences and greater and greater death because the body can't fight these variants. Now, we're watching that happen. There may be different viewpoints by different scientists and different doctors. Why? But here's sure. the reality. Yeah. It's getting worse and more people are dying. So yeah. what he said is coming to pass. And and so this is a it's a very serious situation. And his concern and, and, and something I have to say is mine as well, is that rather than recognizing that it's the shots that are causing all the increase in variants, they're just going to keep offering more and more shots, which just keeps making the problem worse just and worse. It perpetuates it further. Yes. And so, again, historically, what he's saying we know is true. You can go back and look historically. The way that the pandemic of, what, 1907 was defeated was we didn't have shots for it. So you had to let it run its course. Of course, that's tragic. You don't want to see no, millions of people die. That's not die. the point. Yeah. And, and I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that. Sure. I'm simply saying for those in the danger zone areas, yes, we yeah. need to consider vaccines for people in danger zone areas, age, whatever. But right now, what we're seeing is in the youth, it's not needed. And in the healthier, younger, it's not needed. And if we allowed it to run its course, then you would see herd immunity and this thing would be over with. If we don't, his warning is it's going to get worse and worse. And the more vaccinated areas and the more areas that are wearing masks, et cetera, he said, you're going to see higher and higher infections and higher, higher death rates. Well, that's what we're seeing. So I can't say I can't say scientifically he's right. All I can say is. This is what he's saying, and he's not the only one saying it. It's worth checking this guy out. Ph.D., um, again, worked with Bill Gates and the vaccine program, very well respected, and uh, he, he really very educational to listen to his presentations. Now, what's really interesting, Pastor Mark, and we'll just kind of tease this really quick as we run out of time in our first half, is that through all of your studying and research to learn more about this, you learned some unbelievably fascinating things about our Lord, yeah. about his word yeah and about Spiritual his stuff. and yeah. about his creation right right and about how we were created and so i mean it just phenomenal stuff i mean it was jaw-dropping when you shared it with me yesterday uh he is going to pastor mark's going to talk about this this sunday morning right. and saturday night here at our for our, this weekend services yes. at calvary knoxville yeah. so we encourage you if you can be here be here at one of the services or watch it online on uh the church facebook page the church youtube page or the waymedia.net or the waymedia app will also carry the services live uh, believe me you're going to be blown away and have a deeper appreciation 
for the Lord's creation, how you were created, and how His very Word is true, true, true. We will be back with Prophecy Stories when Signs of the Times continues right after this. WIAMLP 101.1 FM, Knoxville. When we hear about someone having great wealth, we normally think of tangible things, right? I'm Chuck Bentley with My Money Life from Crown. Today, Crown's founder, the late Larry Burkett, reminds us that in God's economy, wealth involves a lot more than nice possessions and money in the bank. From God's perspective, not from the world's, what is wealth? See, I know what the world's perspective on wealth is. Somebody with an accumulation of material things. That's what the world's wealth is. No question about that. And we grade those people as wealthy people who have accumulated a lot of material assets. Money and buildings and houses and cars and all the rest. That is not what God does. Wealth, according to God's plan, is a great deal more than money. It includes, number one, salvation. A free gift of God. Or by grace, anyway. An unmerited favor. That's really what it means. It includes the health of our bodies. That is a gift from God, part of our wealth, God says. Prosperity in a long life is a gift of riches from God. It includes the friends that we have, Christian friends. No amount of money will buy the same kind of friends that we have as Christians as compared to what we had as non-Christians. No question in my mind about that. The family that we have, God says, is a gift from Him. You know what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 7? He said, Timothy, remember this simple truth. As you brought nothing into the world, so you shall take nothing from it. Now, that's all God wants us to remember. You brought nothing into the world, you're going to take nothing from it. It's what you're doing with it that matters to God, not how much or how little you have. Don't forget that December is the most important month for charitable giving. If you've been blessed by Crown's ministry, please consider making a gift so others can benefit as well. Your gift before December 31st will be doubled in impact through our matching challenge. And you can receive my new book as a thank you for your generosity. Please give today at crown.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Nobody likes the spotlight on us. So the spotlight on us is simply this. God says, you heard what I said? Did you do it? And you go, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't see. The lights are too bright. I can't see. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That person didn't say hi to me. Why don't you deal with them? Teach them how to say hi. That's an unfriendly church. That's an unfriendly believer. That's a, what? Therefore, we must take the more earnest heed to what we hear. And the thing that you've heard the most today is, be careful that you don't drift away. For more biblical encouragement to help you grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus, visit edtaylor.org. Again, that's edtaylor.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor is a presentation of Calvary Aurora. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host... Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news. These are the signs of the times for Friday, December 10th, 2021. Alongside Pastor Mark Kirk on the other side of the glass, I'm Greg Hilt. And on the other side of the glass behind me, I want to give a shout out to Abby, our video producer. <laughs> That we need was, a camera and, and in she's, there. Yeah, we need a camera in there. Camera. I think she's running. I think she's running Photoshop to make, maybe make us look thirty years younger or something. like yeah, that. Yeah, we look I'm nothing sure. like what you guys are watching. <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but thanks for joining us. Uh, don't forget the WayMedia.net. Download the WayMedia app. Click on Signs of the Times. And by the way, we've got a lot of other content out there at the WayMedia that you can uh, partake of, not only our radio station, WIAM, uh, but Pastor Mark's uh, daily radio uh, Bible teaching program called Come to the Table is also out there for your consumption, and as well as the ever-growing media library of Calvary Knoxville, everything that's taught from the pulpit from our church is also available out there, including Pastor Mark's books, which we've uh, recently got loaded out there, The Rapture, The Wedding Day of the Lord, and issues and verses I can't ignore. We're not making money on this. This is information that Pastor Mark was burdened in his heart to write these books as supplements for you guys to learn more about 
some important things that have to do with the signs of the times we're living in, such as the rapture, the next big, huge prophetic event on the horizon for the body, and issues and verses that really kind of end up dividing the body of Christ and why he can't ignore these issues and verses, and we address them from a biblical standpoint. So there you go. There's your plug. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into articles. Uh, here in America, PastorMarkGo.com is um, talking about a, uh, I guess, homicide records at yeah. an all-time high yeah. in 12 major cities, uh, and talk about why this is a signs of the times as we look at First Timothy chapter three. Well, again, the Bible does say in the last days, yes, we're going to see more and more crime rates. Again, there's a couple of things. One is out of Second uh, Timothy three or Second uh, Timothy. 3. Yeah, that's all right. Paul says this, but know this: in the last days, perilous times will come. And he, he starts listing all the things they'll be, and he talks one of them not only um, unholy, unloving, for, you know, unforgiving, slanders. He says they'll be brutal, brutal. Okay, brutal. That again, uh, loving pleasure rather than loving God. And then we see that Jesus said in Matthew twenty four that uh, it'll be like the days of Noah, which you know there was great violence in the days of Noah. So it's watching violence increase, watching men become more and more brutal, and then watching what's happening in our cities, not just here in America but around the world. Uh, at least twelve major U.S. cities, the article says, have broken annual homicide records in twenty twenty one. Uh, of the dozens of cities that have already surpassed this grim milestone, there's been killings, um, uh, major milestone for killings, rather, five topped records that were set or tied just last year. So from last year to this year, it's gotten even worse. And I quote, it's terrible to every morning get up and have to go and look at the numbers and then look at the news and see the stories. It's just crazy. It's just needs to stop, Philip, uh, Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kinney said, after cities surpassed its annual homicide record of 500, uh, which stood since 1990. Philadelphia, a city of roughly 1.5 million people, has had more homicides this year than the nation's two largest cities, New York and Los Angeles. Again, it talks about the increase of 13% from 2020, breaking the, as we said, the 1990 record. Chicago is up 3%, which already they're out the roof. Yeah, they're out the roof. And there's a whole list of all these cities I won't take the time to read here. I'll read one last statement here by uh, Captain Frank Umbrino uh, of Rochester Police Department. He said the community has to get fed up with it. Um, you know, he says after the city of just over 200,000 people broke its 30 year old record on November 11th, this is Rochester, New York. He said, we've, we we're extremely frustrated. It has to stop. I mean, it's worse than a war zone around here lately. Now, again, we know that there's a biblical principle for this. If you allow lawlessness, you're going to have this. And if you allow people to get away with it, it's going to increase. But I'll also point out, Greg, not just brutality, but I want to point this out. Jesus said again in Matthew 24, in the last days, lawlessness will increase this is a direct result of lawlessness our governing officials are not keeping the laws they're changing the laws to be weaker they're not monitoring the laws that we have and whenever a criminal has a is 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 um there's nothing to be there's no deterrent there's no deterrent why not do it why not i mean just go do whatever you want they're going to let you out in just a couple of hours you won't have any consequences why not and so Listen, it's not hard to explain why we're seeing this explosion of violence. We understand that from a practical human and even biblical standpoint. What I want our listeners to know on Signs of the Times is Jesus said in the last days, you will see an increase of this very stuff, an increase of lawlessness, an increase of brutality, an increase of violence. We are watching it happen before our very eyes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into some One World Government news as uh, everyone's strives to rule the world. Yes. Uh, Russia's uh, next up at the plate. And according to MSN.com, Russia's planning a massive military offensive against the Ukraine involving 175,000 troops. This according to U.S. intelligence. We know, I think, uh, I think our government's tried to reach out to uh, Russian President Putin, trying yes. to warn him. Uh, I mean... Is it going to matter and yeah. and and really explain how this is prophetic? It is again, uh, again wars. Jesus said Rumors in Matthew twenty four, yeah. said in the last days there will be an increase in wars and rumors of war. So. Um, it, we'll talk about this and China in just a second. But the bottom line is: Are these rumors of wars? Are they? Uh, wars, or are they both wars and rumors of war? I, you know, I suspect we could see both. Um, I, you know, Russia. I, I don't think Russia is going to be deterred at all from coming in. Uh, and whether or not you know, we'll get to the other one in a moment, but yeah. let me read some of this. As tensions yeah. mount between Washington and Moscow over a potential Russian invasion of Ukraine, U.S. intelligence has found the Kremlin is planning a multi-front offensive as soon as as early as next year, involving 
up to 175,000 troops, according to U.S. officials and an intelligence document obtained by the Washington Post. The Kremlin has been moving troops toward the border with Ukraine while demanding Washington guarantee that Ukraine will not join NATO. Now, Greg, this may be all this is. Here's the deal. Uh, Ukraine used to be a part of the larger Soviet Union, USSR. Many of these nations broke and became separate individual provinces when Russia collapsed. Remember the years of Boris Yeltsin and all that? Yeah. And it broke up and all that. Well, the vision since the breakup of Russia has always been to reunite Mother Russia. Reunite it, right? And Vladimir Putin has made it very clear. His desire is to reunite. Remember when he went into the province of Georgia um, in the Yugoslav area back in uh, 2016 or 2014? I forget what year that was. Maybe 2014. Anyway, 2014. Anyway, uh, Georgia was, they were talking about Georgia becoming part of NATO. Now, NATO is an alliance of nations that all protect each other if one goes to war. It recognizes them as a nation and pulls other nations in for protection. Well, when they saw that Georgia was being considered, they said, no way, and they went in. They took Georgia, they took Crimea, and remember, they took you know that area. That's yeah. what happened. The reason he did that is, no, 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 we're going to make this Russia again, a larger Russia, so we're going to get it before they become NATO. Well, the language has now begun. Hey, we'll make Ukraine its own country and a part of NATO. And all of a sudden, the troop build up by Russia on the border, just like he did with Crimea, going, you know what? Uh-uh. No, you. I'm making a point here is what he's saying to the world. Yeah. If you try to bring them to NATO, yeah. we want them to come back to be our land. If you try yeah. to take them to NATO, we're going to come in and attack. So if President Biden gave a guarantee that will not let them be a part of NATO, which he may have done, I don't know all that happened in that meeting, Right. it may back Russia down if they not do anything. But if he didn't, I wouldn't be surprised, Greg, to see Russia move in. Well, and, and also, and not necessarily to be the devil's advocate, but to... To be fair to look at it from Putin's standpoint and try to put myself in his position, if if everyone is my enemy and I've got this country that borders me that's essentially at the very least neutral to me, right? but if it becomes a NATO country, right. it's not about the politics or ideology of NATO. It's about now, if they're a NATO country, now they can bring in NATO physical military presence that's now right on my border yeah, that and that much it. closer. And that adds to it, it in terms of that. So I think I, from a military standpoint, yeah. I don't think he can allow that. So like you said, if if our administration is somehow making a guarantee that if you leave them alone, we will not NATOize them. Right. Maybe that helps. Well, and again, this is why it's either going to be a war or rumors of war. And remember, the Lord said these yep. are the specific types of things. Now, Greg, I threw one in. I'll put sure. this out there for okay. our listeners. We'll add this to our list later. I'll send this okay. to our, our guy that puts it on there, Jim, or whatever. But I want to read this one, and I got it right for the show, so not fair to you. But this is out of the Washington Free Beacon. Uh, and it says, China vows to open fire on U.S. troops that come into Taiwan's aid. This is, this, Greg, is the most direct, verbal, uh, we will go to war with you if you try to stop us, that China's done in, in recent history. I don't think we've seen any statements like this probably since, you know, past world wars. But China's military will heavily, and don't quote me on that, I could be wrong on that, but certainly not this obvious. China's military, and I quote, will heavily attack U.S. troops who come to Taiwan's rescue, end quote, if a war between China and Taiwan breaks out. A possibility that is increasingly likely as the communist regime readies its war machine on Taiwan's borders. The latest threat to attack the United States during any standoff between China and Taiwan was issued Thursday in the Global Times of an official Chinese Communist Party mouthpiece that prints the regime's propaganda. And I quote, it is credible that the People's Liberation Army, China, will heavily attack U.S. troops who come to Taiwan's rescue. End quote. The paper wrote, such credibility is increasingly overwhelmingly are over, overwhelming to the deterrence that U.S. troops may have. China's latest threat to escalate tensions with Taiwan comes on the heels of remarks by National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, who said the United States is prepared to counter an attempt by China to forcefully seize Taiwan and bring it back into the communist country's orbit. The long-simmering standoff comes as Biden, the Biden administration confronts Russian attempts to invade Ukraine, a situation that could also prompt U.S. intervention. Now, now note what's going on, Greg. We talked about wars and rumors of wars, but look how we're being stretched now. Now we're going, uh-oh, we've got a threat here that we may think we have to move on with Russia. We've got a threat here we may have to move on with China. The question is, do we have the gumption and the backbone to move on either? But now you've got this multiple war front that's popping up uh, both directions here with with truly formidable foes. And um, and we may not have the, the gumption or a leader right now that's going to be willing to take on that challenge. So, again, 
One of them may be a real war. One of them may be a rumor of war. We may see both. Just realize this was predicted, and you're going to see more of this as we get closer to the return of the Lord. But I believe now being in what Jesus called in Matthew 24, 8, the time of sorrows, I think we're in it. And I think we're going to see more of this type of activity. So be watching for it. Well, and also, too, when you look at uh, what Ezekiel 38 and 39 is going to represent, when you look at what a one-world government is going to represent, uh, you can't have America historically going around and continuing to be the global police force yeah. and coming to the aid of these countries. Yeah. Um, anyway, and not to say that we won't. Right. It, it, it doesn't matter either way. It, at some point, we as a country are going to be neutralized in terms of our politics, our physical yeah. efforts, right. what, our influence yeah. you know, in, in the world. Let me address that, yeah. because, Greg, that's exactly right, and comes into play with something else I want to point out here, and that is, you're right. We are, we are you know, people often say, well, you can't be the police of the world. Here's the thing. God has always used some nation, yes. a powerful nation throughout world history. He has used a powerful Chronicles nation in the Bible. Two, yes, to defend the world from darkness. Uh, he's raised people up. In this recent, uh, you know, 200 years, it's been America. God has raised us up and used us to defend the world in many ways. Now, as America gets less and less and becomes more and more neutralized, here's what's been hitting me. As we're heading into a new time of darkness, and we are heading into a new time of darkness right now worldwide with all this going on. with the, It's a different level. The virus stuff, yeah. all the restrictions, what yeah. we're seeing happen. We'll get to more of that in a moment yeah. with articles. But there is, and with America now blending into that and not opposing that and getting weaker, there is not a worldwide defender on the planet left, which means if a Hitler were to rise or a China, a Mao Zedong was to rise or, or, or a Lenin was to rise or whatever, um, if you had a leader that desires world dominance that rises, who's going to stop them? There isn't a nation anymore that would probably do that, even a conglomeration, because everyone's going along with the direction that this new darkness is heading, all right, in this one-world conglomerate, one-world economic union, one-world everything. So this has got my attention for the last days as well, because now we suddenly come to a new time, I think, in world history, where there's not a rescuer of the world, but guess what? There is a rescuer of the world. His name is Jesus Christ, and when everything comes down, he himself will come and rescue the righteous, the, the, those who know him going first in the rapture, and those who get saved after the rapture from the great tribulation when he comes in to fight against the Antichrist and the armies of the world, and he takes over and rules and reigns. So my point is, we are more than ever biblically, I believe, sitting at a place that, that is showing us yeah. we are in the last days. All right, uh, let's get into some growing anti-Semitism, because... When the hatred becomes predictable, it's time to put your hatred into song. Yes. <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah. This is from Israel 360. It's is interesting, isn't it? It's, this is from Israel365news.com. The Swiss money is apparently being misused by a Palestinian NGO organization yeah. to deny Israel's right to exist at a cultural event, which they displayed the hatred of Israel in song. And maybe yeah. you can sing a tune. Yeah, for us, well, Pastor again, Bird. the signs of the times implication here is Zechariah 12, where in the last days all nations will turn against Israel. And the practical application is people take the money that is given to the Palestinians and they use it against Israel to destroy them. That's what's happening here. Uh, in this sense, used to say it's not Israel's land. There's a real push right now to say even the Temple Mount never belonged to them. This is not their land. They shouldn't be there. This is just another attempt at that, um, which is interesting, Greg, in light of the fact that we do know there's going to be a third temple built. So to watch how all this is going to suddenly reverse is going to be quite the show to watch. Yes. So that's going to. But anyway, uh, Western donor countries um, presumably want their money to go to Palestinians to promote peace. But Palestinian Media Watch has found another example of Western money, being our money, being used by the Palestinian, well, our money, again, I, I know it's part of it's our money, because we do too, but Swiss money, uh, being used, misused by the NGO to teach children a world without Israel. Again, this, this is the same thing over and over. The Abda al-Muhassain al-Khatan Institute, in cooperation with Al-Aqsa University, held a cultural event in the Gaza Strip which was funded by the Swiss Agency for, De for Development and Cooperation. And one of the songs they're singing is this. Listen to the lyrics. They're, having, they're teaching this song, and apparently they use this on a regular basis to teach their kids. Oh, flying bird circling around, by Allah, oh, travel bird, I burn with envy. My country, Palestine, is beautiful. And notice when he says, my country, Palestine, he's now going to list all these cities that are within the nation of Israel. Turn to Safed. 
And then to Tiberias, these are up there near the Sea of Galilee. Send regards to the Sea of Acre, which is on the coast of Mediterranean, and Haifa. Don't forget Nazareth, <laughs> the Arab fortress, and tell Bethshan about its people's return. And again, they sing this song. The point is, once again, we're seeing nations being used to prop up the enemies of Israel while bringing Israel down directly what the Bible said would be happening. And we're going to see more and more of this. Zechariah chapter 12, we talked about it. Anti-Semitism, an opposition to the nation of Israel, and all of this again. Just be watching because it's going to continue to increase. But God will be faithful. He'll keep them in the land until his return. And then they will have that land and much more for a thousand years at the return of Jesus Christ. And I can't wait for that day. But again, uh, keep your eyes on it because you're going to see more of this. All right, time to get into our smorgasbord of yuck, pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. Um, Also, our uh, position to talk about COVID-19 things is that is a major catalyst to bring all end times events together. And this is regarding the spirit of the Antichrist. This is from the Epoch Times, where Germany announces a national lockdown for the unvaccinated. Boy, if that doesn't have a Hitler-esque World War II tone to it, I don't know what does. I'll tell you, Greg, things are getting darker and darker, and the world is now being broken up into two categories, uh, which we saw, again, happen in World War II. And I want to make a clarification. We're not comparing this yet to that. I'll talk about that in a moment. But now we're seeing but the spirit the, of Antichrist was, was involved in both. We're seeing, yes, dividing people up in two different groups, one that was to live and one that was to eventually be exterminated. But now we're seeing the vaccinated, unvaccinated. Nobody's saying that the unvaccinated should be exterminated. So don't take my words out of context. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is the beginning of some of the same warning signs we saw in World War II, although we're not there and we're not at a Hitler place and we're not comparing this to the Jews and what they went through in the Holocaust. This has no comparison whatsoever. But you have to remember, before we got to Hitler and before we got to the Holocaust, the winds of storm started blowing and it started causing divisions worldwide with different people groups. And, Greg, that's what we're seeing again. It concerns me. Um, Exiting Chancellor Angela Merkel announced on December 2nd that Germany, uh, again, kind of goes back to Germany again, very interesting, will lock down unvaccinated people as top officials also signaled that they would back plans for mandatory vaccinations in the coming months. Merkel said individuals who aren't vaccinated for COVID-19 will be excluded from the non-essential stores. Look at this. Excluded from non-essential stores. So they're still opening a door right now, but how long will that be open? And cultural and recreational venues. The Bundestag, Germany's parliament, also will consider a general vaccine ma- uh, vaccination mandate. And I quote, the situation in our country is serious, she told reporters, claiming that the new measures are an act of national solidarity. We have to understand Uh, Or we have understood that the situation is very serious and that we want to take further measures in addition to those already taken. Merkel, who was slated to leave office on December 2nd, told reporters the fourth wave, that is of this virus, must be broken. And this has not been yet achieved, Um, which we explained why in the first half. In her address, Merkel said the mandatory vaccination measures would take effect in February 2022. She said she would vote in favor uh, of the rule if she were still in, still there. Recently, Greece announced that vaccinations will be mandatory for everyone 60 and older. Um, uh, it says those who refuse to get vaccinated will face fines for each passing month. The Greek government stated earlier this week uh, they would do that. However, such rules may extend to other EU countries, said European Commission uh, President so. Ursula von der Leyen. Now, here's the bottom line. I want to say this again. I am not comparing this to Hitler. I'm not comparing this to what the what the Jews went through in the Holocaust. What I'm saying is, when you saw, when you look historically at the rise of Hitler and what it's led the to rise the Holocaust, Hitler, yes. this is the kind of stuff, Greg, that yes. started it. It's this exactly. whole... We're going to, it's this dictatorial, authoritarian control. We're going to break you up in groups. You have freedom to move around, but we're going to put the Star of David well, on you. Well, here's what happened. Okay. And here's how the Jews dealt with it. Here's what happens. Like, all right, uh, we're going to move you to certain areas and put you in certain areas. Well, okay. We've, we've been moved to certain areas, but we can still, you know, shop and buy. Now we're going to take away, you can only buy these certain things. Well, but we can still buy this. Well, now we're going to, and, and slowly what happened was, the demonic realm began to remove more and more and more and more and back and more and more down, down, isolate more and more. And we're seeing, I fear, some of the same warning signs, Greg, that happened that led to this. You know, take away a little bit of a freedom here. In Romania, you can't buy or sell now without a, a, a vaccine yeah. mandate, uh, a, a vaccine uh, passport. A passport. Thank you. And, and now there's in, in Australia, they're taking you, if you have COVID, to COVID camps. Until you get better. In Austria, they're saying you can't, certain things you can't do and buy and sell just like in Germany. So what's happening is you're seeing, I believe, a spiritual thing take place. 
where the, the spirit of Antichrist is moving once again in Europe, beginning to lock down, to get authoritarian. To, and if the people don't recognize it and stop it right now, it's going to be too late. Yeah. And it's coming to a nation near you, which means it can't, it's got to stop here as well. And people, oh, you're just this and that. Look, I'm, all I'm saying is the Bible tells us there is going to be a world leader who takes over and he will mandate the whole world follow him. It's coming. And I think we're seeing the headwinds. We better wake up. We've only got a few minutes past Let's Mark and four it. articles to get to. All right. We've talked about this before from CBN.com. We're just seeing it come to pass. People are getting vaccine passport microchips embedded in their hands as COVID advances the quote unquote internet of bodies. I'll be fast on these. You already said it. Swiss residents putting implants in. It's easier, they say. Uh, it's going to be necessary and it's easier to do a lot of your other things things you know your keys or whatever uh all kinds of reasons to scan the technology and use a microchip they're using it now for the vaccines yeah around six thousand people so far in sweden have done it and put it in their hands since 2014 again greg the, the this is the future of the mark of the beast absolutely preview of coming attractions That's right uh, our next article pastor mark is from fox news <laughs> this is interesting yes california school district is reportedly encouraging using witchcraft on people who say quote unquote all lives matter. Yeah, again, the content was included as a part of a Google Drive for Black Lives Matter Resource Guide, a document on writing prompts on police brutality and racist violence. And they're saying they're encouraging kids to hex people you don't like, to hex <laughs> the police, to put curses on them. And they're saying it's a way to get out anger and frustration. Look, this is an wow. introduction to witchcraft. You might say, oh, you're just expressing yourself. No, this is an introduction to witchcraft. And again, what does the Bible say in the last days? There will be sorcery. We've talked about the actual pharmacia as well as real witchcraft. This is could be a part of all of that as well. Well, and I think it's teaching also, Pastor Mark, that generation to Go, come against those that oppose the world agenda. Yeah, that's, that's right. being led by the that's spirit right. of you're, Antichrist. You're the bad person and curses anything spiritual that's not of God. You're going to see now the enemy promoting in the last days. Yeah. Uh, speaking of corruption, when we talk about corrupting our little ones, it really, I, it probably can get worse than this. But here you go from ChristianHeadlines.com. Sexting, if you know what that is, if not, you can look it up. Is doubling in 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 percentages among nine to 12 year olds according to a study yes. that is saying this is a clarion call for parental involvement unreal out of out of a thousand and two minors greg they said 14 percent of those that are in that nine to 12 range uh had shared their own nude picture online uh, compared to six percent this is nine to 12 year olds yes talking about yes it. compared to six percent who answered that way one year earlier 21 percent ages nine to 12 said they believe it's normal for kids to share these nude pictures online uh very scary things uh i said among the minors that shared these selfies 50 percent said they had shared such a photo with someone they'd never met in real life again parents television council says this is a disturbing trend to say the least Tim Winter, president of PTC, blamed the shocking data on two root causes. Parents, listen to this. A pandemic-driven increase in screen time, that is, they're having too much free time on their computer and TV. Mm. And number two, entertainment programming on like shows like HBO, Netflix, Hulu. You've got to monitor what your kids are watching because they're promoting this kind of stuff on the regular TV stations. Parents, wake up, get involved. Wow. All right, Pastor Mark, let's end the program with some good news from ChristianHeadlines.com. 100,000 Bibles to be sent to persecuted believers because the need is greater than ever. Uh, what a great story to end on. One of America's most prominent Christian ministries, again, will send these Bibles to persecuted believers thanks to Giving Tuesday Fundraiser. Open Doors USA, a U.S.-based ministry that monitors religious persecution around the world, told Faithwire it has reached its goal of raising enough money in late November to send 100,000 Bibles to persecuted Christians in places such as Afghanistan, North Korea, and Nigeria. Nigeria. Again, uh, the, it says, you know, David Curry, the president of Open Doors, called it the greatest outpouring of support he's seen uh, in the ministry here in the U.S. The need is greater than ever. It's encouraging to see Americans rise to the challenge. It will make tremendous difference in the lives of persecuted Christians around the world. Let me just end today's shows by saying praise the Lord for that. This is the answer, guys, for our generation and every generation. Getting the word of God out there to everybody that needs it. Not just those that have to be smuggled into these countries, but listen, pastors, if you're hearing me, start teaching the Bible line by line verse by verse feed your people share the gospel of jesus christ if you're listening right now and you don't know the lord jesus died for you on a cross all you have to do is confess you're a sinner believe he died for you ask forgiveness of your sins receive him as lord 
and all these things we talk about, even on the show that are coming upon the world, you're going to be uh, you're going to have your place reserved in the kingdom of God forever, and you don't have to worry. So, more than ever, church, get out the gospel, spread the word of God here and abroad, and praise the Lord for this organization. Great report. Yeah, Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mark, and folks, thank you for listening. Don't forget the WayMedia.net or the WayMedia app. We encourage you to get it. Why? Because these articles that we discuss, and there's a lot of information in these articles that we don't even touch on because we only have an hour. You can read again. You can and share with a friend, listen to the show, share the show, get the word of God out there that we are living in the latter days. We hope you have a blessed weekend with your family in your church, and we'll see you back here next Friday at 1.30 for more Signs of the Times. Because on our own, we could never pay the price for sin. Because we needed rescue. God authored a new story. It started with Christmas. Be part of the story. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. Straight.